This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Pat Brown is the fisheries director of the Red Lake Nation. He has all the details on that and everything else going on in Red Lake next on the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Pat Brown is fisheries director for the Red Lake Band of Ojibwe, and that means he is in charge of much of Upper Red Lake and all of Lower Red Lake. And uh, I'm assuming, Pat, there's probably a few other waters in the Red Lake uh, Nation that you get to take a look at as well. Yeah, we also have, uh, there's 20 or so smaller lakes on the reservation that we also manage. Um, you know, they range anywhere from 200 acres and smaller. Uh, most of those fisheries are either your type, your bass bluegill type ponds, uh, to several that we actually manage for, uh, lake trout, brook trout, and rainbow trout that a lot of people utilize. All right. Well, Pat, first of all, thank you for joining us today. We have a great uh, conversation. You uh, spoke to Rotary Club a while ago. I was at that meeting and uh, got me interested in in the topic, and that is uh, a project you're doing, sturgeon restoration on Red Lake. Uh, So tell us a little bit about why you've decided to do that, how long the process has been, and and where we're at right now. Okay, yeah, the lake sturgeon were native to the, the Red Lakes, all the way since the turn of the century, and basically what happened, I think it was an awful lot of the land use practices when uh, the non-natives moved into the area with uh, logging or with farming and that type of thing, and then we also dammed up a lot of the rivers. And uh, since about 1950, we have not seen any sturgeon in the Red Lakes until we started restoring them back in uh, 2007. So we've been working on this project now for about the last 15 years. And we're trying to restore them because we feel that it uh, will help the ecosystem out there uh, and make it more of a healthy population by having lake sturgeon back into the lakes. And our restoration effort is going extremely well. Okay. Well, um, talk about a restoration project. What is? What are the steps? How does this whole process play out? So the, the way it plays out is usually when we do restorations. Now we've done I, this is my second one that I've done here at Red Lake. I was involved with the, the walleye restoration back in the late '90s, and um, after we were able to get the walleyes back and running around, we were like, "Well, what else can we do to the lake uh, to make it a healthier ecosystem?" And one of the, that came up was the lake sturgeon. And basically, the first thing you have to do is you have to identify why the lake sturgeon or whatever fish species out there that you're trying to restore is why did they what was the demise of them well we think we identified that uh then after that you basically just start uh trying to do some of the stockings like we did with the walleye and now we're doing with the sturgeon uh to try to get uh, say a a reproductive population back out there so it can take care of itself if managed correctly 
Is there a timetable for when uh, fishing will be, you know, people will be able to fish for them? Uh, it's going to still be quite a while. Uh, since 2007, we've probably put over 100,000 uh, lake sturgeon out there. We usually we stock nothing but fingerling lake sturgeon in the Red Lakes, and a fingerling lake sturgeon is somewhere between five and seven inches. Uh, we usually try to stock, you know, 10,000 a year, um, and we want to build about 20 different year classes out there. So we still have a ways to go on that. Uh, lake sturgeon are a little bit different than walleye. And being that the males really don't even start reproducing till almost, say, 20 years old. And the females, sometimes it can be almost up to 25 years before they actually reach sexual maturity and actually start laying eggs. So it's a long process. Okay. And and that's the one thing I've uh, noticed about people in, the, in your field, Pat. Uh, you are not uh, looking for instant gratification. No, basically what we are doing, it's not quite as bad as being a forester. A forester, you know, when you start planting trees and things like that, it may be two or three generations of foresters down the road that actually reap some of the benefits of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, For a fisheries guy, it's usually one or two generations. So what I'm doing here, uh, basically uh, the next person that steps in behind me will be the one that does the managing. But the main thing is we're just trying to do this so so our kids and grandkids have the same opportunities that we have have a better resource to utilize. You mentioned that uh, you, you think you figured out why the sturgeon depletion. What was it? Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the damming of the, a lot of the rivers. Um, there's been an awful lot of work, not just by the Red Lake Band, but with, with the White Earth Band and then also the state of Minnesota and the Red Lake watershed to remove a lot of these dams because they use those as migration corridors, and those migrations are usually for their spawning runs. And uh, there's been an awful lot of work done here since I think the state's been doing a lot of stuff probably since about the early 80s, uh, 1980s. So, um, you know, things are starting to come around now. Uh, I think they actually saw some fish that were spawning in the Red Lake River system uh, last year for the first time. So uh, the future looks bright for this species in in the Red River watershed. Yeah, I, they're they're doing a lot of things uh, throughout the area, and people are pretty excited about it. Certainly, um, obviously, a lot of people love to make that trip up to Rainy, and uh, someday maybe they won't have to. Exactly, that's kind of what we're hoping. Um, with climate change, you know, we're always talking about that too. Uh, I think the more places that we can get these fish in, um, the better chance they have of surviving if uh, you know the climate gets really bad. So. Um, that was one of the main reasons why we did it right here in Red Red Lake. Uh, the band used to use them, uh, so we'll see what happens in the future. Uh, Pat, so this is something you're, you're doing uh, on the Red Lake side. Uh, uh, of course, when the walleye restoration, that was a multi-jurisdictional uh, um, project. Is is this in conjunction with the DNR and, and, and the federal government, or is this uh, something you guys are just doing? Um, it, no, it, it's, a, it's a partnership. Um we're doing a lot. Of, we're doing a lot of the stocking. So the, basically, the way it works is we used to buy eggs uh, from the Rainy River, uh, actually the Rainy River First Nations, and then the, uh, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service would take those eggs and then raise them down in Genoa, Wisconsin, at the Genoa National Fish Hatchery, mm-hmm. and then we would bring them back up here in the fall, and then we would put them in the lake. And um, you know, we're in 
coordination with ourselves, uh, with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Minnesota DNR, and the wider band, because we're all working on this thing together, uh, so we all know what each other's doing. Okay. Um, so, it, it, again, it's it's down the road. It's something others will be able to take advantage of, certainly. But I, I love the fact that, uh, this, you know, the, the state of Minnesota, the Red Lake Nation, and, and wherever else these things are done, there's a lot of work being done to bring back sturgeon and actually other populations as well. I, I love the fact that uh, that we're, we're being aggressive this way. Yeah, it, it's a great model. Uh, I think the Red Lake Walleye Recovery was a model that has been used all over the country now, showing that, you know, the tribe and the states and the feds can all get together and work on these projects together uh, because we really only, we all have the same and the same common goal, and that is uh, what's best for the resource. And, um, you know, if we cooperate, it works great. Well, you know, most of us on, on, in Minnesota are familiar with that uh, one slice of Upper Red Lake, but obviously Red Lake, uh, it, 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 te- technically it's one large lake, correct, Pat? That's correct, yep. And, and there's so much of it we, we don't get to see or I don't get to see. So tell me a little bit about that whole waterworks, that whole fishery. Yeah, so the whole fishery itself is, you know, we have, there's two large oval basins there, and each one of them is about 10 miles by 20 miles in size. And the lower lake is just a little bit larger than the upper lake. And on the reservation part, if you take all of the lower red and two-thirds of upper red, you're looking at about 227,000 acres. And then there's another 48,000 acres, which is actually on the state waters, uh, which the state of Minnesota has jurisdiction over. So the totally so, about 275,000 acres. Yep, 285,000 is about what we usually say uh, okay. together. Wow. And they are actually the sixth largest uh, lake in the United States, uh, right behind the, the, the uh, five Great Lakes. Wow. That are you know fully within the in, within the uh, United States. That is Lincoln a lot of Woods water. Bigger, but a lot of that it is. And the Lake of the Woods, you know, you've got a lot in Canada also. But, right. Uh, but the Red Lakes, we're all, it's right here. Okay. In the United States. Pat Brown is the fisheries director of the Red Lake Band of Ojibwe. We're talking about a sturgeon restoration on Upper or Lower Red Lake and everything else that's going on in the waters of Red Lake as well. More with Pat coming up. Hey, I'm Jason Rylander of North Country Guide Service. My back sure hurts from carrying Kev Jackson for all these years. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. 
fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji, headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park, beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. Hi, this is Nate Blazing with the Nissel Guide League, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoor. Pat Brown is the Director of Fisheries for the Red Lake Nation. He's my guest today as we talk about all things Red Lake, including a sturgeon restoration project. You know, we all know there's a ton of walleye in there. We, uh, we're we hearing reports that the crappies are making a comeback. We know there's some big northerns. Are there any other fish swimming in there that we're not aware of? Uh, you know, the other ones, everyone knows about the sheephead also. Yeah, but, oh, that's uh, right, yes. Now, now we have we have sturgeon, and uh, it's been kind of interesting now. The gold eye, which is a, a different species, I know a lot of people use them for bait for catfish. Uh, they they actually are coming back too, and it, it's kind of a, a neat story. Uh, it will be very beneficial, I think, to the walleye because it's a very good forage item. Uh, they're almost like a herring, um, but they call them a gold eye, and uh, they're very good smoked. A lot of people say in Manitoba and that really enjoy uh, smoked gold eye, and so do the red leg members. So. It's good to see those guys coming back too. Well, I, you know, of course, the crappie uh, was was a big, big, big story uh, after the uh, walleye crash, and then, of course, kind of got. Uh, um, well, I don't know if they got eliminated, but they certainly were out the story once the walleye came back. But it sure sounds like uh, we're seeing a lot of crappie action here in the last, uh, at least in the uh, ice fishing season. Yep, we've actually we pulled off a year class. I believe it's the 2018 year class of crappies. Uh, pulled off a good year class, and the Red Lakes really are not a a crappie lake. It's kind of hard to say that after what <laughs> happened out there. Uh, but really, what happened there was is the walleyes weren't out there cropping them off. Uh, they basically have ex- they're asserting their dominance again on the lake, and um, they're the main predator. Every once in a while, um, there's always crappies out there, but you'll get one of those springs where we have a, a week or 10 days of real flat, calm weather when the crappies are out there spawning, and um, they're able to pull off a year class. And I think that's probably what happened that spring. Okay. Um, are, are, are we still stocking walleye, or is it all natural reproduction now? This is all natural reproduction. We The main stockings that we did were in 1999, 2001, and 2003, and we did a couple really small ones in 04 and 05 just to, to get a little bit better idea on the hatching rate out there. Uh, but we haven't stocked anything now well, close to 20 years That's... in the Red Lakes, and uh, it's just a phenomenal fishery. It, it's, an, it's a walleye factory. <laughs> it is a walleye factory. There's no other way to describe it. Yeah. Um, it's it's amazing. Uh, the other thing, though, that you can get is uh, it, it's one of the few places where you will find big northerns. Yep, that it is. And that, that actually, the, uh, the reports I'm getting from some of the tribal fishermen this year, there seems to be a lot more of these bigger pike running around this year. Um, they've been kind of down uh, the last three or four years. We haven't been hearing many reports of them, but... Uh, Again, high water years, they can pull off really good year classes, and I think um, we're starting to see some of those bigger fish running around again. They'll be 40 to 45 inches in size, some of these fish. They definitely have shoulders on them when they come out of Red Lake. Mm, wow. You know, Pat, one of the, you know, we're on this show in particular, and I think most people who do podcasts or radio shows or TV shows about fishing, it's all about sport fishing. Uh, but, uh, on the on the uh, Red Lake Nation side, there is commercial fishing 
on Red Lake. How does that work, and how do you, and what is your role in the commercial fishery side? So, so my idea, my role in the commercial fisheries, I basically keep track of the harvest, uh, how many pounds of walleye are being taken out of the lake, and then also working on setting the regulations for that. Um, we used to be a, a, basically just a gillnet fishery, and uh, that's no longer the case. Most of the fish that are taken out of the Red Lakes now by our commercial fishermen are basically taken by hook and line. Oh. Uh, a tribal member can go out and uh, he can catch up to 150 walleyes a day. And then they basically bring those into the commercial fishery and they get paid uh, by the pound of a fish that they turn in. Uh, in the summer months, uh, when the fish go out and scatter over the deeper water, our anglers can't seem to catch enough at that time because the fish are scattered. So then we do hire two or three gillnet crews, which actually go out and set nets. Uh, they are actually hired by the commercial fishery itself, and then they turn those fish also into the fishery. Okay, um, and that just basically to supplement the catch. So it, it works. It's a, it works out extremely well. And we will take somewhere. Some years we've taken upwards of close to eight hundred thousand pounds since we started fishing again. But most years we're right in that five fifty to six hundred thousand pound range, which is about two to three pounds of walleye per acre of reservation water. Wow. I, again, uh, yeah, this thing just, <laughs> it just cranks out fish. I mean, what, what else can you it say, does. really? That's exactly it. It's just it's absolutely an amazing system to work on because of the amount of fish that this thing can produce. Um, we, we always talk about all the walleyes, but the, the sheephead and that, they're, they're just, it's unbelievable how many pounds of fish are actually in the lake. So um, how long have you been working for Red Lake Fisheries? I started with the DNR up here in 1997, so I'm getting ready to start my 26th or 27th year here in June. So I've been here for a little while. Are Are you from this neck of the woods originally, Pat? I am not. I actually uh, grew up in Rockford, Illinois, and then I went to Norfolk College over in Ashland, Wisconsin. Then I went to UMD for my graduate work and moved my way over here. Okay. Well, if you like fishing, this is a good place to live. Well, it's a great place to live. <laughs> the winters can be long sometimes. That's all right. You just have to find a hobby that you enjoy. There's plenty of fishing and skiing to do around here, so it's good. Absolutely. Um, so um, so you've been here quite a while. Uh, what got you interested in this kind of, uh, this kind of work? Uh, really, when I was a kid, um, you know, I was hunting and fishing with my, my dad for sure. And then I was also uh, a member of Boy Scouts at that time and got my Eagle Scout. And that really uh, did it for me. Uh, I enjoyed, always enjoyed the outdoors. And when I got ready to make a career choice, I decided that I want to do something for natural resources so other folks can enjoy them as much as I have. So that kind of got me into it, and uh, I'm still doing it today. So we're here at the end of March, getting ready for April. So what's what's on your itinerary for the next couple of months in the fisheries world? In my fisheries world, what we'll be looking at is we're going to probably try to get out and net some pike and get some tags into them. We're doing a, a little study with the state on that one. Uh, we're also looking at possibly trying to get some eggs out of the Rainy River this spring, and that's a cooperative project between myself and the state and the Fish and Wildlife Service. And that could be pretty exciting. And other than that, just uh, 
getting ready for the ice to go off, and then uh, we'll probably be doing some walleye surveys at the same time. All right. Well, this is a, quite a project you have going on. It's pretty exciting, uh, and again, uh, I think it's it's one that uh, I think a lot of anglers are welcoming with open arms. There's a lot of anglers who love the thrill of catching what they call a dinosaur, and uh, the sturgeon is is hopefully, you know, before I wrap it up and call it a day, I'll be able to do an interview with somebody about all the sturgeon they're catching on Red Lake. Yeah, it, it should be a lot of fun. I, last spring, actually, I did see several of them porpoising in the Black Duck River. So they are starting to show up, and they're they're getting big. I mean, the, the largest one we've seen is 54 inches so far, so uh, we're well on our way. So they're doing well. Pat Brown is the fisheries director for the Red Lake Band of Ojibwe. Uh, we've talked uh, a number of topics, but uh, the main ones, the sturgeon restoration on the Red Lake. Uh, the, I would call it the Red Lake. I guess I could call it the Red Lake chain, but it's basically, again, it's officially one giant lake. Yep. Okay. Pat, anything sure else is. Anything else we should know about before we wrap it up today? Not really. Just uh, go out and enjoy, enjoy, enjoy nature and uh, make sure to share it with the kid. Pat Brown, thank you so much for your time today. It was great talking to you. Yep, thank you. You have a great day.